0: This is Conversations on Discipleship with Father Adam Streitenberger from Saint Gabriel Catholic Radio and Diocese of Columbus Media.
1: Welcome to Conversations on Discipleship, and I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me today is Kevin Lowry, who is the um, chairman of the board for Saint Gabriel Radio, and also um, is um, see see. CFO. CFO of Rev Local. Oh, again, about, um, we, you know, to start off. So, your father was um, a Presbyterian minister. He meets John Paul II in the course of his career. And then, of course, there is this great controversy. Right. Bef- before we go, ahead, just one little it's, it's mo- mostly an idiosyncratic question about um, Canadian denominations. So, there is the uniting church. But your your dad wasn't th- – it was kind of strict Presbyterian.
0: Not – well, so down in the States, there are, I, I don't know, six or so major sort of flavors mm-hmm. of, of the Presbyterian Church. And in Canada, it was really just one. And so this was – it was just a, a regular sort of mainline Protestant denomination. But this – if you were Presbyterian, you were part of the Presbyterian yeah. Church in Canada.
1: So. The reaction to his meeting John Paul II then is, you know, like, why – you know, how dare you spend time with the Antichrist right. kind of <laughs>
0: – Well, for some people, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it was, it was such uh, a scandal that even the – I remember the Toronto Star at the time, one of the major secular newspapers, picked up on it. And they were, you know, publishing articles about this whole thing. And it was really uh, eye-opening, I think, because it was surprising – you know, my dad didn't think he was creating controversy, mm-hmm. but there it was. You know, so it, it was it was very interesting in in the sense that it really I think opened my dad's eyes, and uh, you know he had come down to Franciscan U for a year during my senior year and had been a visiting professor, and I think had had an opportunity to sort of reconcile some of his own questions about the faith and I remember giving him a lot of those questions because I would go to class and I'd say, hey, you know, here's I'd call him, I'd say, hey, here's what the professor was talking about today. What, what do you make of this? And it, it, characteristically my dad was, you know, just very calm, you know, full of wisdom and, and he would say, well, you know, here's the the traditional Protestant understanding of this issue. Here's the here's the Catholic understanding. And more often than not he would say, and here's actually why the Catholic understanding makes a lot of sense, mm. you know. And so it it sort of wore – I think we we sort of dragged one another in in some ways uh, along the way. But what I discovered after a while was that I found that my dad was sort of inching further and further towards the faith because I went up to to visit in Toronto at one point and I discovered – that my dad was going to Mass six days a week mm. and then preaching in the Presbyterian church on Sunday.
1: Wow! <laughs>
0: so <laughs> you know, I thought, okay, well, something's going on here. <laughs> so interestingly, the other big thing that happened was uh, sort of after this died down a little bit, um, my dad was given a, a tape, now this dates us a little bit, a tape called Protestant Minister Becomes Catholic, which was the story of Scott Hahn. Mm. And Scott had uh, come to teach at Franciscan the year after my dad was a visiting professor there. So we got this tape, and we listened to it together on a road trip. And I'll never forget at the end of it, my dad turning to me, and he said, you know, I can't really argue with anything this guy's saying. Mm. And at that point, I mean, at least for me, we had been going through this fairly arduous kind of, you know, where do we fit and we do need to take the faith seriously and we want to raise our kids in the faith and all this other stuff. And it was almost like the blinders came off and I thought, you know what? I need to get serious about this. I need to look into this. So I called Scott, first of all, and I said, hey, you know, can we get together? I'd I'd love to meet you and just hear your story. So uh, he graciously invited us back to Franciscan to, to go to Mass and uh, so we got our families together, and I'll never forget, at the end of Mass, he reached into his pocket and pulled out this beautiful Irish green rosary. Mm. And he gave it to me, and this this will sound kind of stupid, but I didn't know what it was. Mm. I had no idea. And and so I sort of stammered out, you know, thank you, don't really know what this is, but, you know, thank you very much, I appreciate it. And my wife, God bless her, went out and got one of these little dollar How to Pray the Rosary booklets, mm and gave it to me and I started praying the rosary as a presbyterian and I got to tell you if there was ever a recipe <laughs> for coming into the church it's start praying the rosary because it just it turned me around almost immediately you know my my intellectual conversion had taken 10 years in in the sense in, in a sense and then after I started praying the rosary it was like 3 weeks and I wanted nothing more than to become catholic so, uh, I, I signed up for RCIA. Uh, my wife sort of begrudgingly came along. And she thought at the time, I think that she now says that she wanted to rescue me from what she perceived as a dead church. And, uh, we came into the church together. Uh, and this year at this Easter will actually be 30 years. Wow. So, and the interesting thing, Father, is, I, you know, it's really become clear to me that we needed to be Catholic. To be able to navigate life, you know we 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 've been given this incredible gift of faith that we and we didn 't know how much we would need it subsequently and uh interestingly, just to sort of close off the story, my parents also came in mm. to the church uh, the following year. Uh, my parents moved down to Steubenville permanently they still live there now. And my dad taught at Franciscan uh, as a professor for many years in the business department. So, uh, and they absolutely love it, you know. And and it's provided I, again. This is like the greatest gift of my life, you know. I, I I'm crazy about my wife, right? I, I've been crazy about my wife ever time the ever since the first time I saw her, and and as much as i see her as a gift this is an even greater one this provides the context the 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 meaning the richness the you know with uh, marriage is sacramental it's it's because of the the goodness of the faith and the mercy of god you know so i absolutely love being catholic and i i'm still i still feel like a kid in a candy store to a certain extent you know the the depth of the prayer and just the richness and meaning that it brings to life. Not that it makes it easier, but that it just, it just gives it so much meaning and I think animates um, uh, the, the faith in, in ways that I didn't have the benefit of as a child.
1: Now, your wife, uh, what was her religious background before her conversion?
0: She was Wesleyan Methodist. Okay. So we actually got married in this tiny little church in her hometown that was a Wesleyan church.
1: You know, that I think there's a lot that really strikes me from your story, but the fact that you're both from Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> but now she was also a student at Franciscan she U too.
0: Yeah, she was. We were uh two of the the few non-Catholics on campus yeah. at that time. Yeah, her mom worked there.
1: As, you know, one of the one of the things I wanted to ask you about maybe Franciscan U. So your first time there uh, when you basically flunked out, it sounds like versus your second time there sure. was, so was that pre father Scanlon or, and post father Scanlon? Was there a change that happened at Franciscan
0: U? Um, no, uh, father Scanlon was, was firmly ensconced both times. Oh, okay. Thankfully, I think now I think he had be, he became chancellor, I believe right after I graduated. So he was still the president at that point. And I think from what I had heard, it was, you know, obviously the change when he came into leadership there was dramatic. And uh, I, I remember him, you know, having dinner with him over at my parents' house and everything and, and just being incredibly impressed with him. And and uh, I think that Franciscan U was, was Franciscan you because of his leadership, thanks be to God.
1: Yeah, um, you know, your father dis- kind of discovered it. Through the article, so that must have been kind of the right. beginning of the renewal, and um, you know, it's interesting how many. Obviously, in Ohio, we run into a lot of Franciscan U graduates right. and alumni, sure. but and obviously in the Catholic Church, we do as well. But really, how much it has affected the diocese of Columbus, mm. you know, yeah. and the fruits, you know, from Franciscan U that have kind of blessed the local church here,
0: yeah. Yeah, I think that there's there's a ripple effect of holiness. You know, I mean there's unfortunately there's a ripple effect of sin too, but there's you know obviously the ripple effect of holiness can overcome that. And it's it's amazing to me. I've I've never stopped marveling at just the power of a single conversion mm-hmm. and how that affects so many people over the course of time you know and so you multiply that and you see that you know just the the again it's it's a manifestation to me of the mercy of god you know because I, I, there There are so many things that we encounter you know the, the the difficulties that we all face in life, and how do we deal with that? Well, we have to deal with it through the eyes of faith, or else there's no hope at the end. but we know that God is so gracious and so loving and so merciful that he can even take the bad things that happen and turn them into something that's good
1: yeah, I mean you know like, I mean, who knows what would have happened, but if you wouldn't have flunked out of Franciscan you. And maybe transfer it out. Then you would have probably gotten accepted at another place. And I mean that. I think it's something that we need to constantly do. Look back, not so much, you know, in a sense of regret or you know, but rather in wonderment and awe of how the Lord has unfolded, right? You know, our lives.
0: Yeah, because when you think about it, so many things appear coincidental. At the time, mm-hmm. and they're really not. You know, we're being guided and we're being led every step of the way. And sometimes, even, you know, again, it, it's despite our weaknesses, despite our sinfulness, we're still, you know, God's able to overcome that, of course.
1: Well, until next time, peace and all good.
0: A Diocese of Columbus production in partnership with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio.